Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Friday Reporter podcast. It's a podcast where me, Lisa, the host, interviews journalists and the journalism adjacent about their work. The Friday Reporter podcast is in partnership with PR Daily. And if you don't know about PR Daily, it is a tremendous uh, resource for communicators like myself and you and and the folks you work with. Uh, PR Daily actually just launched what's called the PR Daily Leadership Network. It's a peer-to-peer brainstorming and networking opportunity for mid-level communicators, uh, access to uh, measurement of SEO, uh, business fluency, presentation training, lots of other opportunities there at prdaily.com. If you're interested in the PR Daily Leadership Network, be sure to mention that you heard about it on the Friday Reporter podcast to receive $500 off of your membership. Hello, and thanks so much for joining me for another episode of the Friday Reporter Podcast. Let's call this episode the palate cleanser. Let's face it, we've had some really, really heavy news coming out of Washington, D.C. over the course of the last couple of weeks, and I am so incredibly excited for today's guest. Molly O'Mara Fillmore is the Associate Director of Communications Foot for Football at the University of Missouri. And the reason why Molly and I, uh, first off, we were connected by a great mutual friend that we'll get to. uh, But the reason why I really wanted to have this conversation today is because, number one, just last week, uh, 50th anniversary of Title IX, which gave... uh, the rights to play to to all, uh, regardless of sex. So women oppor- opportunities are fantastic. But Molly is one of just a few women that are in this top top communication perch in the entire country. Molly, thank you, thank you so much for being with me today. Lisa, thank you so much for having me. I, I love how small the world can be and connections among friends. And uh, looking forward to a great conversation. So, as a girl who grew up in the Northeast and went to a small state school, talk to me a little bit about how a girl from Boston gets to be in this gigantic job in Missouri. Tell me your background. I am a proud Bostonian. It was a fantastic place to grow up. I was extremely fortunate um, to be, I am fortunate to be the the child of two state employees. And I went to the flagship University of Massachusetts. Mm. Um, And uh, it was the best four years of my life. uh, And I still maintain that. And I made it out in four. Um, Congratulations. I Thank you. (laughs) I um, was a fairly talented, competitive high school student athlete, you know, softball, swimming and all of the things. And I worked part time uh, in the suburbs of Boston. And I got to this place that was UMass and it was 20,000 people undergrad. Mm -hmm. Um, And as I started to carve my niche out into the world, you know, I had some upperclassmen um, living in the uh, in the dorms with us and they were majoring in sport management. And I said, well, that's really cool. What does that mean? And it's all of the things that go around um, college sports, professional sports, Mm -hmm. international, the communications, the um, business, the finance, the operations, the medical, 
the nowadays it's obviously bloomed quite a bit since my time at UMass. Um, but that's when I dove head first right into uh, sport management. I, as a student at UMass, I worked um, in intramurals mm-hmm. uh, as a supervisor, officiating, managing other officials. I also worked um, in communications, um, uh, working, you know, with sport teams and working football, men's basketball, men's hockey, lacrosse games. Wow. I, I did it all. Yeah. I didn't want to limit myself. Um, when um the first class you take in sport management is intro to sport management Mm -hmm. and representatives from umass athletics came to speak to us on the first day of class and said you know we're looking for student help tickets marketing and media relations and i said well i don't really want to sell tickets i'm not i'm not into sales and all my friends went to marketing and i said well I don't really know what media relations is, but I'm going to go this direction. <laughs> and uh, 22 <clears throat> years later, yeah, here we are. Uh, here we are. And, um, you know, it's funny. Um, we, we're the people in the background. We're the, the people on the side. We're at the side of the podium. We, we've set the backdrop. We've um, made sure we've done the mic test, you know, as simple as, as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of where we all get started. And um, my very first, I, I always tell this story when I speak at, with classes or young people mentoring. My very first uh, job role was UMass football home games. Mm. I sat at the press box phone. And this is 2001, 2002. Yeah. And there wasn't the ESPN apps no. where you could pull your scores from. There wasn't ESPN.com where you were looking at the at the schedule for the day. Right, the resources so Bristol, were not there. Yeah, It was not there. Bristol would call us, call the press box phone. They'd want to know the score, the time, the down and distance, and if there was anything noteworthy. Um, and they would call multiple times a game. And that was my first, my wow. first duty. Wow. Yeah. We've, we've come a really, really long way well, since then, thankfully. Yes. No question. I mean, the world has changed since, since 2001. I mean, in terms of communication, <laughs> in terms of social media, it's so different. And we've all learned on the job. But I have to say, Molly, I know so many fantastic students who go into this field of work and it is tremendously competitive. I mean, it just speaks volumes that you have risen to this level uh, because it is, I mean, there are so many aspiring you know, student athletes that go into this space and hope that they're, you know, going to find the niche. And it's really competitive. I mean, lots of people want to be in that space. Is there, um, so you were at UMass and you and you finished up there. Did you work at the university before you started, when you, when you first started your career? How did that go? Yeah, so let me take you through my map, um, my domestic map. Um, (laughs) I finished uh, at UMass and was uh, fortunate to um, be offered an internship at Texas Tech University in Lubbock, Texas, uh, in the big member of the Big 12. I was there for two seasons. I got my first full-time job at the University of Arkansas in the Southeastern Conference. Okay. I was there for four seasons, um, and then I moved on to a position at the University of Arizona. I was there for uh, almost five years, Wow! Um, and it was at that point I initially uh, moved to Tucson to work with uh, the women's basketball program and head coach Naya Butts, who's now uh, associate head coach at Kentucky. Phenomenal, Mm -hmm. phenomenal lady. Mm. Um, And we made a change at football head coach. We made a change in some administration. 
And I had had some secondary and tertiary football experience. Yeah. And uh, head coach Rich Rodriguez was uh, hired at Arizona. Um, and I was in the right place at the right time with the right experience. That's we awesome. sat down. We sat down and met. Um, he is extremely thorough, extremely detail oriented, uh, passionate, and we clicked right away. Uh, and I uh, was named football communications at the University of Arizona. Um, and I, I give a ton of credit to Coach Rodriguez. Um, he is a fantastic leader of young men. Um, I really believed in what he was doing. He also, um, during his time at West Virginia, he had a, uh, a communications director in Shelly Poe. And Shelly is um, the queen bee of what we do. Mm. Uh, she is was on the forefront of this profession um, for men and for women in communications. And so Rich's fantastic relationship with Shelly, I think, really kind of got me in the door. It wasn't it wasn't um, something that he hesitated on. And yeah. I think at that time, uh, head coaches were hesitant to bring women into their programs and into their locker rooms. Wow, that Coach makes Rodriguez sense. was not hesitant. And I, I thank Shelly uh, every day. And she's had a tremendous career at West Virginia, uh, Ohio State, and Auburn. Mm. Uh, no slouches at all. Yeah, so, huge schools. <laughs> yeah, those are big ones. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so um, I also, when I was, uh, during my time in the Pac-12, Liz Abel was uh, football communications at the University of Utah. Um and she was another phenomenal resource. You know, it's all about representation. Representation matters. Mm -hmm. um, and seeing fantastic people doing things the right way in this job is really what keeps us going and keeps us motivated. Um, and then, um, so I, I spent three fantastic seasons with uh, Rich Rodriguez in Arizona football. Um, and my alma mater, University of Massachusetts, had gone through an administrative change. Um, they had brought Coach Mark Whipple back uh, to Amherst. He uh, was head coach when they won the 1998 uh, 1AA National Championship, mm -hmm. uh, which is Massachusetts legend. Um, and I pursued uh, a position at my alma mater. It was my dream job. Yeah, uh, I wanted it. I wanted it bad. I wanted to be close to home. Um, and I, uh, was so lucky and thankful and blessed and all of the things to work, uh, for Ryan Bamford at the university of Massachusetts. Awesome. Um, one of my, uh, mentors, Tom McElroy and, uh, our senior women, uh, administrator at the time, Doris Griffin, mm. um, we built this new administrative team at, at UMass and, um, I did that for two seasons. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, another that's, those are kind of my pivot points. Yeah, um, but, but also I, when I speak to young people and talk about my, my past, um, I had to, I had to hit pause. I hit pause after two seasons at UMass. Um, I wasn't doing great. Um, the job was difficult. Yeah. Um, it, you think you get your dream job, you know, people compare it to meeting their favorite celebrity and maybe their favorite celebrity isn't as gracious as you'd hoped. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it was very difficult for me. Um, I'm not sure I was the right fit at the time based mm. on the skill set that I brought to the table and the skill set that they needed. 
Um, but I, I gave it everything I had, blood, sweat, and tears. But I, I did hit, have to hit pause at, in athletics. Mm-hmm. Um, it, wasn't, um, it wasn't the burnout of athletics. It was um, the kind of a, a tornado of personal and professional being back in the Commonwealth. Interesting. Um, so I, um, I had what I call my midlife crisis. <laughs> Uh, and I took this summer off and I traveled to Ireland solo. Wow. Um, and I thought, okay, I think I'm going to go back to school and do the full-time MBA master sport management program in Amherst. They have a phenomenal, uh, master's program and I'll go, uh, do it in residence and knock it out. And let's figure out what's next. Yeah. Um, and I missed athletics. I missed our student athletes. Um, they've always been my why. Uh, working with young people, being in that, uh, being part of that family, that football family that I call it. Sure. I missed it. Um, and so I um, I did take a job on campus at UMass working in the School of Management, which is uh, my alma mater. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the n- number one um, top public <clears throat> business school in New England. Uh, so I did take a job doing some communications and events and marketing, um, but I missed it. I missed the fire that is, is college athletics. Um, and I applied for three long years and it's really difficult to get back in once you've gotten out. It's really difficult. Um, and I trudged at it and I trudged at it. And at at the time I also met my now husband and I said, Matt, you know, I miss college athletics. You don't, you don't know Molly that when she's rocking, she's rocking and, and really <laughs> loving what she loves to do. And yeah. He said, he said, you know what, let's go wherever you get something, we'll figure it out. We'll do it together. He had never left New England either. He's a UMass grad. Uh-huh. Um, and so then we have COVID um, yeah. and quarantine and all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, we then get engaged um, and I was still applying and, and here's another, I, I guess I've hit on a couple of points here, but um, don't be afraid to move. Yes. Don't be afraid. Yeah. If your, your dream job is not your dream job. And the world is small. And I'll give you a, a very quick anecdote. Mm-hmm, um, please. The position here at Missouri, um, at the time, uh, the senior associate chief communications officer here at Missouri is Nick Joes. Uh, Nick was my boss as an undergrad at UMass. So 20 years later, Nick hired me back here to Mizzou. He has since gone on to his alma mater, which is Iowa State, Um, remains obviously very uh, good mentor and friend to me. But the world is small. I you just never know who's going to come back around. Um, you have made you've drawn so many. Let me just pause for a second there. You have made so many connections in the world of sports communications to the world of political communications in my mind. The fact that, um, that you've, you've, you, you go and you grow and then you move. And that's there, there was a long time where my family was like, are you not holding down a job? Why are you changing every two or three years? You know, what is happening here? And that, and, but also to have that moment where you say like, it consumed you and you had a minute where you needed to step back and take a breath. Uh, but now, you know, but it's it's come full circle. But the third point that really sort of drew me into this sort of connection between the way you do your work and, and I do mine is that you can't, no one is ever an enemy. And I think that some of that is actually 
born out of your experience in team sports. So the fact that you were you went back to you went to Mizzou because of this connection, it goes to show that you you worked hard as a team member uh, and showed that value, and that ended up paying you back in dividends and and ar- arrived you to where you are today. Thank you. Yeah, I, and you know, I I do take a lot of pride in that. I remember my initial conversation with our head coach here, Elijah Brinkwitz. Uh, who is a phenomenal man, phenomenal leader of young men. I and I got off the phone with him and I said, "Yep, that's that's the program I want to be part of." Wow. Um, it it really does make a difference, and I I also say this, and you you can appreciate this as well. I feel like the <clears throat> the older we get, uh, who you work for is just as important as what you're doing. Absolutely. Who you're around every day, it it becomes almost primary over the, the tasks mm-hmm. and the checklist because you want to surround yourself with people who give energy, who are giving it all they have. Um, and, you know, iron sharpens iron. It's a sports cliche, but it is true that when you're around people um, performing at the highest of levels, it, it makes you up your game and it makes you um, a better communicator, a better leader, a better thinker, uh, all of the above. So I... Molly. I I, yeah. I, could, I couldn't agree more. And I, and, I, and I want you to tell me, because, because you and I have talked a little bit in advance of this, but I want you to tell uh, the audience a little bit. Of, I mean, for lack of a better way to put it, you are a one-armed wallpaper hanger. I mean, you do all of the things. You are the tip of the spear <laughs> at that university for communications about football. Tell me, like, okay, so here we are. We're, we're in the end of June. What are the, you're busy all the time planning for the fall, I have to believe. Tell me a little bit about this job now. Like, what is it, what's a day look like for Molly, please? Certainly. And I will, I'm going to start by saying too, we have had um, legislation uh, and culture changes in college football in the last 12 months that we have not had in 20 years with uh, the development of name image likeness. We call that NIL Mm -hmm. players and student athletes being able to profit. We have this thing called the transfer portal in college football, uh, which some people liken to free agency. So Mm. um, this has been a spring like we have never seen. Um, Not that those two things affect me directly, but they affect everyone around me. Of course. So it's being cognizant of all the balls in the air, uh, especially from a priority of time, um, effort, execution, all of the the above. Um, I, and I I said to coach Drinkwitz, you know, when we spoke initially, I said, coach, I will insert myself right into your staff as far as you let me. You, you have to be the one to tell me, whoa, mall. All right, well, we'll get there. You know, <laughs> um, so I, and that's the approach I take. Um, I will. I'll let me do a quick rundown. Um, right now is actually a, a quiet time. Our student athletes have um, the holiday weekend off, okay, which is lovely for all of them. Yeah. Uh, I am doing um, a ton of housekeeping right now. I am getting ready for. Um, we had our 15 new student athletes arrive June 1st. Mm-hmm. Let's get them all their headshots. Let's get their bio information. Let's get all that up on the website. Um, I do a deep dive into uh, media relations, public relations, social media with them. Yeah. Um, Tell me, I'm, pause, pause for one second. Yeah. You're training these kids how to behave in those spaces. Am I right? 
or I'm trying hard. To. Try, well, I mean, I get it. I get it. But like, yes. but you, but there is a, there is a big, this is a big brand that you're, I mean, really at the university. And so they take on that responsibility to play. They have a responsibility to also portray, you know, to put themselves out in a, in a respectable way. So you're training them too, to make sure that those Absolutely. things are done. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. You know, and you know how I start is I, I teach them to introduce themselves. Yeah. I walk up, I shake their hand and I say, you know, because it, it, in places like Columbia, Missouri, we are a college town. Yeah. People are proud of their Tigers. They know about these student athletes before they ever get to campus. Mm. So we have, we have the number one wide receiver recruit in the country here on campus. Um, and they know about him and he could be in the Hy-Vee in the grocery store. He could be in the target. Someone's going to stop, want to shake his hand, say hello. And that can be intimidating that for, for an adult, for a, a young person. Yeah. So all it takes really is, you know, a shake of the hand. Thank you for your support. I'm glad to be here. Hey, they might ask what you're majoring in. They might ask, you know, it's just, it's just very simple chit chat, but those 30 to 45 seconds can do a world of good Absolutely. from a PR standpoint. Right. It's just being able to introduce yourself and what are you majoring in and who's your roommate or um, you know, oh, I know someone from your hometown. The world is very small, like we've talked about. Yeah. Um, and that's where I start with my introduction um, is just being able to shake someone's hand and say hello. Mm. Um, it, it, where it goes a world of difference, I think. I also, um, I really uh, preach that being a student athlete uh, is a privilege. It's not a right. And yeah. it is a transformational experience that not everyone is lucky to have. So take advantage of your four to five years here on campus because there's nothing here but people that want to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, I talk extensively about that. I also talk about being a good human. Let's be a good human being. Um, football is family. These are now they're closer to sons than little brothers, but these are sons. These are my friends. These are my coworkers. These are my coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm one of them, you know, let's take care of each other. Let's be good humans. Um, let's, uh, communicate professionally and personally and politely, um, when you all are out at the dining hall or you're out uh, at the Chick-fil-A, be good humans. Let's, you know, let's be, I think I can't stress that enough. Yeah. Um, and, and that translates on social media as well. Mm. Um, you know, you've got to learn to tune some things out. This generation is grown up in social media. They don't know anything. Um, they don't know anything different. I was just recalling a couple of weeks ago where there was a time when we encouraged our student athletes to have all their channels private. Don't let anyone follow you. Uh, Don't interact. uh Just have it. And now it's, I mean, it's a hundred percent, it's 180, 180 from, from 10 years ago, let's, let's call it 2008, 9, 10. Yeah. You know, we were like private, private, private. Right. And now it's, uh, we know where it is now. It's, it's very different. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and, and learning to tune those things out. Um, I, those are some of the first conversations I have with them. Mm-hmm. Um, about um those things those small things that i think add up to to early success low let's call it low hanging fruit sure um so that's kind of where i start with them um they go you know knee deep right into workouts and training and getting associated with our sports medicine staff our sports nutrition staff our sports performance staff our mental performance staff they go knee deep and they are also in summer school 
um, as I'm doing, you know, some of that housekeeping, the rosters, keeping track of people, um, making sure hometowns are correct, um, getting their heights and weights up um, on the internet, um, getting, I'm, I'm really a stickler for details and I really want someone's hometown to be accurate. I, it's the little things, yeah. you know? Um, well, cause it matters. Those are the people that are it, cheering it for them back home. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It matters. And, um, especially, you know, with 120 of them, I, I pride myself on a roster of that size, um, being able to do it really well. And that's where I start to build those relationships with them as well. Um, I have an office in our basketball arena that I spend um, probably half my time down at our football facility. Mm. I just camp out in there in the area where they have meals. I chat, I catch up with people. Uh, How's class going? We have quite a few students uh, in our sport management program who are doing summer internships. Yeah. Um, You know, we talk about social media posts. We talk about things coming up. Um, So really we're in relationship building mode right now. But you also, so much of what you do too is, um, it's remarkable to me. I'm going to draw another comparison to, to what we do here in, inside the beltway in DC. You have a constituency of journalists that are covering you breathlessly. I mean, they are following every step of the way who's coming in, who's going out, you know, who's on the injured list, all of the sort of the, the intricacies of your program are being covered daily by these journalists that are coming to you and seeking information. Yep, absolutely. Um, And we are really starting to ramp up. June is, June tends to be a little bit more recruiting heavy, Mm -hmm. which um, until a student athlete, a prospective student athlete signs paperwork and, and some logistical things we can't comment on. Um, So it's, um, based on word of mouth, some of that reporting. Sure. Uh, but now is the time because we are prepping for SEC football media days, which is five days in Atlanta and at the College Football Hall of Fame. Every uh, SEC football program brings their head coach and three student athletes, and you have local, regional, national media. Um, and we are ramping up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are um, also talking about with the portal, as I mentioned, um, the portal is uh, very simply an opportunity for um, student athletes to transfer. So you've got older guys who have been on other campuses um, and figuring those stories out and starting to think, um, you know, you've got, I've got a, a young man who's going to be a walk-on quarterback who's, this is his seventh college season because of some medical hardships. So wow. getting that, getting those facts straight and figuring right. those facts out. Um, also we're, um, I'm starting to get quite a few requests for media days and they do this phenomenal thing. I think it would blow your mind, Lisa, I'll send you a picture, but they call it radio row. And Mm -hmm. it is, we have those in politics too. (laughs) Yes. So we have radio row and, and scheduling. I I do a lot of logistics. I'm the person on the ground with coach and his schedule and keeping him going. I'm, I'm, you know, very similar to handling. Uh, I do that quite a bit. Um, you know, I spent uh, a good chunk of time yesterday with coach. Um, we've got some things that we had to get scheduled going back and forth, what's going to work best. It's also a little bit of a vacation time. So um, sometimes, you know, coaches truly go uh, and travel, but sometimes they're they're in town as well. So mm-hmm. balancing those schedules, we are also getting ready um, for our digital game day programs and our um, our yearbook that is a uh, it's a sold piece 
of content, but that I um, manage the production of. Uh, uh, so Molly, I have, to, I have to ask, Ugh, do, you, do you have a team or is it just I, you? I have a team. I okay. have a number two, um, Jacob Bell, who's phenomenal. Uh-huh. Um, and I have a fantastic student assistant um, who is a Missouri born and bred diehard Tiger fan. Awesome. He's really learning his chops and communications. And I, I'm really proud of them. Wow. Um, I do run solo pretty regularly. It's mm. just, it's a resource thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, 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 I'm really strong at managing lots of things at once. I don't certainly have all those skill sets. Right. I'm not a graphic designer. I'm not a video producer, mm-hmm. but I can ideate and I can project plan and make sure that project comes to fruition. Right. And put the pieces together if it's not coming to fruition. Wow. Um, and we're also, uh, we are 63 days from kickoff. We are very fortunate. We'll play Thursday, September 1st uh, on a national TV broadcast on ESPNU. Uh, and we're in credentials. And all of us who know in communications and journalism, everyone needs their credential and everyone needs their parking pass. Yep. Um, so we are working on credentials and we're also, um, I wouldn't say loosening up, but going back to pre COVID protocols, uh, with some of those elements, I was going to ask, I was going to ask, please please. continue. Tell me, tell me what it was like. Cause I I know that it had a big impact on your season. It did. Uh, the 2020 season when I was not here was hugely impactful. And, and I mean, Monday afternoon, you found out your Saturday game wasn't happening or it was different or you're traveling. Wow. 2021 was a little bit more realistic, mm-hmm. say 2019. However, we were in some states and we're in, we were in a state where our numbers were still really high. Yeah. Uh, and it, at this time last year, we weren't, we weren't sure if we could have a full press box and if we <sighs> could have a full group of photographers on the field. We just didn't know. Mm. Uh, we're obviously in a, in a better place. Um, but you know, uh, having conversations about credentials and access and, um, uh, making sure that that, um, is really is, is constituent friendly as possible, making sure our journalists can get where they need to go. It's, it's easy. It's user friendly. The wayfinding is there, um, uh, taking a look and that can, that, that type of planning can change every season based on, uh, your home schedule, who's coming to town. Um, this year on October 1st, we are hosting Georgia, top ranked Georgia, uh, reigning national champions. We also have um, this season our um, one of our most successful head coaches, Gary Pinkle, is going into the National College Football Hall of Fame, and they will do an on-campus salute. So that adds to a game as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. there's every week, you know, there's there's the game, but then there's all the other stuff that goes around. All the other it. elements that go into it, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, also this time of year is, um, huge for touching base with our broadcast properties in terms of, um, CBS who still has, uh, an SEC package for game day for on Saturdays for games, um, ESPN and SEC network working with their talent, their talent are getting to know our, our coaches. If they've turned over our talent, their talent is getting to know our players, our student athletes, we are doing, you know, we send um, the broadcast elements, uh, headshots, photo shoots, video clips. Um, we're sharing all of that content wow. uh, with them. Um, 
so that's been June ish with some vacation. Yeah. Uh, also ramping up right now is um, preseason awards. So college football has uh, a myriad of national awards that are given out annually. This time of year, I'm uh, putting together highlights and bullet points on our student athletes that are contenders for these awards. I'm touching base with the awards uh, staff. Hey, it's Molly. You have to do making sure y'all have Toski Dove receiver on your on your list. And here's some bullet points about Toski. And wow. I've known uh, these awards staffs for many many years. Again, of course, relationships. Yeah, yeah relationships. Relationships um, are huge. Um, so also in knee deep in a, in some award stuff. And I can't believe we're at July first. Here we are. I know. <laughs> I'm it. just like I know. It. I just I can't <laughs> believe it. Um, but you know, I've, uh, like I said, it was a very busy spring with lots of new things happening in college football, but I uh, am really grateful for June because I got to get my feet back under me a little bit. I kind of got my desk cleaned up. I got some tasks done and, uh, feeling really good when, when our student athletes come back, uh, next week, uh, as we go into full on prep for, SEC football media day. Molly, I am in awe of you, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I am just so incredibly impressed with number one, with your tremendous background. It is, it shows, it's, it's, I can hear it in your voice. I can hear it in your words. You love this and you're great at it. And I'm just, I can't tell you how how blessed and excited I am to have had a couple of minutes to talk to you about this. I can't wait to watch the season. I'll be following along. You call us anytime you need anything here in the DC area or come out and visit us after the season's over, if you will. Um, but Molly, I, we've come to the end of our 30 minutes and I know you've got to get back because you've got so much more to do today. Do me a favor. Will you recommend someone for a future episode of the podcast? Absolutely. Um, a future episode, I think you would be great to connect with uh, Gina Leahy. Gina is with the NCAA. She's previously with the college football playoff. She came up through the college athletics ranks as well. Definitely recommend you connecting with Gina. Um, and also want to, of course, recognize again the 50th anniversary of Title IX and that legislation. Um, Title IX is, is about educational opportunities. Um, it's about the forefront and the battlegrounds that the, the administrators before me, they paved this way. And, and, mm -hmm. and as I said, representation matters. And I'm, I'm eternally grateful uh, to the people in this industry who have, who have taken tremendous care of me um, and, and serve on my, my board of, personal board of directors. Mm -hmm. Well, there's no question about it that that is really the way that we get to be where we are, right? I mean, and, and we said it throughout our conversation today. I mean, relationships are really important, but also, you know, you, you said that you were lucky to be where you were and it was, you know, sort of you were in the right place at the right time. But I also believe a lot of that has to do with the effort and the, and the great work that people put out to be recognized for that. So I have to say thank you again so much for your time. I will... I'll reach out to Gina. Um, I, in fact, I've been, the more that I th reflect on some of the things that we've seen happen in the news over the course of the last couple of weeks and months, I feel like it's really important to start to highlight some of our uh, colleagues and, and female uh, superstars that are doing the work that we do every day. So I'm so grateful for you to be the first installment in that. And I wish you all the best. Molly, thank you. Thank you so much again. Thank you. It was my pleasure. And that's today's Friday Reporter Podcast. 
a podcast in partnership with PR Daily, a tremendous and helpful guide for all things public relations. Find us there on their website and join us again for another episode soon. Thanks so much. On the morning of August 1st, 1966, shots ring out from the observation deck of the clock tower on the University of Texas campus. It marks the infamous beginning of the modern era of mass shootings in America. You're listening to Stop the Killing podcast. Join us as we take you behind the crime scene tape to explain global mass shootings and mass attacks. I'm Sarah Ferris, but more importantly, this is Catherine Schweitz, the former head of the FBI's active shooter program. I spent five years as the FBI's top executive looking for answers to the mass shooting crisis. I've been at the shooting scenes. I've traced heroic acts of bravery. And I've sat silently and listened to the heart-wrenching stories from survivors. Amongst this horror, there is hope. We all hold the key to stop the killing. You just need to know how to unlock the door. Download Stop the Killing and be part of the solution. Search Stop the Killing on Apple, Spotify and all the usual suspects.